48K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Todd Harding. Tonight's headlines. Hundreds of elderly people cram into a government office in Mongkok to resubmit their documents for the spending voucher scheme. While a government official defends its handling of the application process for elderly citizens. And several hundred people attend a vaccination drive event in Lok Phu to get a Covid jab and a free bag of rice. Hundreds of elderly people who didn't get their $2,000 government handout as expected yesterday rushed to resubmit their documents at a government office in Mongkok this morning. The authorities had extended the registration deadline by two weeks to September the 15th after many senior citizens complained they missed text messages telling them their applications had failed due to reasons such as incorrect information and missing documents. Wang Yinting spoke to some of them. A long line of elderly people snaked almost all the way around Mongkok's Pioneer Centre early in the morning, and most of them weren't happy. The line hasn't moved since this morning. What should we do? This elderly woman was there because she didn't get the first part of her electronic government handout. She, like many others, didn't fill in her form correctly or didn't hand in enough information. I've called more than a dozen times, but no one answered. They should call us and tell us what went wrong in our applications. One 87-year-old woman I spoke to told me she'd come to Mongkok all the way from Shaokewan early in the morning. She'd been lining up for more than an hour. The arrangement is bad. Elderly people can't stand for too long. We feel tired easily. But she couldn't tell me why she was there. All she knew was that there wasn't any extra cash in her octopus card, as she had expected. Miss Lee was one of the calmer ones. Others were far more worked up. You shouldn't have to even be here. Doesn't matter if we messed up our forms. Just having our ID cards should be enough. Everyone here is over 70 years old. The government should send their ministers down to take a look. They'd cry. The reason why he had to come is because he needs to supply additional documents to make sure his application goes through. The government had extended the deadline by two weeks to September 15th. But judging from the size of the queue, these elderly people didn't want to take any chances, even if they had to endure a long wait in line. While the government has been urged to phone up senior citizens and help them with the application process, Jessie Wong from the Financial Secretary's office said that's simply not feasible. She told an RTHK programme officials have already done what they can to get in touch with the elderly. We are talking about several million registrations. It's difficult to follow up several million text messages with phone calls and it would take a long time. And we didn't ask people to provide their age. We don't know how old they are. We only have their ID card number. And it involves a large number of people. We cannot call them up. We can only use other means of publicity. Hundreds of people have gathered at Lok Phu Plaza for free vaccinations and free bags of rice. The outreach program, organised by the government and businesses, is one of the latest initiatives to boost the SAR's inoculation rate. George Hong Choi, executive director of Link Reed, which owns the shopping mall, says he's pleased with the public's response. It is very overwhelming. We have 480 plus people register. Some are walk-in, some are pre-register. So we obviously get the very good support from the government to, to make sure that there is enough vaccine for the additional capacity. So we'll review it again. I think everyone is very pleased with the overwhelming response. 
Some residents who attended the lock food vaccination event said free rice is a good incentive to get inoculated, while others said they came because it's convenient. Form 5 student Ramona said she didn't have to make a booking to get the shot. Here is more convenient. I didn't need to book and I think it's more convenient for me. Many people live in Lofu and one housing is elderly and they may think it's a good gift for them. Meanwhile, the Centre for Health Protection says there have been no confirmed cases of COVID-19 today. It's the first time Hong Kong has seen zero cases since late July. To the weather forecast, cloudy periods tonight with a minimum temperature of about 28 degrees. Mainly fine tomorrow apart from isolated showers. It'll be very hot again with a top temperature of about 33 degrees and light winds. The outlook, sunny intervals and a few showers in the next few days. Very hot again on Saturday. Currently the observatory, 29 degrees Celsius, humidity 85% and the very hot weather warning is currently in force. You're listening to RTHK, the time's exactly 5 minutes past 11. Eight Hong Kongers who were detained by mainland authorities for illegally crossing into mainland waters on a speedboat last year have been remanded back in custody after a brief appearance at the district court. Jimmy Choi reports. The eight defendants are charged with one count of perverting the course of justice on top of other protest-related offences to be dealt with in separate court cases. They're accused of aiding themselves and four others, including national security suspect Andy Lee, to flee Hong Kong and of obstructing a police investigation between December 2019 and August 2020. The eight were among 12 people who were intercepted by the Guangdong Coast Guard on August 23rd last year during an alleged bid to flee to Taiwan. Judge Amanda Woodcock accepted requests by both the prosecution and the defence to adjourn the hearing to October 26th. The lawyer for one of the defendants, Chan Chen Fu, indicated his client's intention to plead guilty. Another of the group, Yim Man Him, meanwhile applied for bail, but the judge rejected his request. The University of Hong Kong says it's lifted a campus ban for 18 students' union council members after learning more about their involvement in a motion that mourned what it called the sacrifice of a man who stabbed a policeman in July. Francis Sitt reports. The university barred dozens of students from its premises, services and facilities last month, citing serious legal and reputational risks to the institution, even though the motion was withdrawn and the students apologised. But in a statement, HKU now said it will remove the restrictions on 18 of the students. The university said it has been in touch with the students concerned to understand their role and manner of participation in the matter. It said it had considered the available information and assessed the risk and decided not to subject 18 of the 44 students to what it called the risk-mitigating measure. The university hopes that the students will reflect deeply upon their words and deeds, abide by the law and uphold their social and ethical obligations, the statement added. As for the other students, the university said it will notify them individually regarding the execution of the risk-mitigating measure upon them. Four of the students who attended the meeting have been charged with advocating terrorism, with all but one remanded in custody. Customs officers have seized $125 million worth of ketamine hidden inside rolls of cotton yarn after inspecting sea cargo arriving from Pakistan. A 35-year-old woman was arrested. Authorities say the suspect was in charge of a logistics firm handling the shipment. Customs officials say they're still looking into which markets the 220 kilograms of ketamine were intended for. The head of the Customs Drugs Investigation Bureau, Lee Kam Wing, says drug syndicates have increasingly opted for sea routes since the pandemic disrupted border arrangements. Drug syndicates um, stockpile a large volume of 
drugs in the source countries because of the traveling restrictions and closure of borders under the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, to reduce the risk of interception by law enforcement, drug syndicates, they adopt a strategy we call merry-go-round. That means a large quantity of drugs was pushed out to the sea by sea cargo, which could allow syndicates to buy time in finding buyers and changing the final destination while the drugs were still at the sea. Now, this method is more cost-effective for drug syndicates to reduce the risk at relatively low cost. A government bill to ban the sale of e-cigarettes and heated tobacco products is finally making some progress in LegCo. The biggest party in the council, the DAB, is now throwing its support behind the proposal. Francis Sitt reports. The amendment bill, which was introduced in February 2019, would outlaw the import, manufacture, sell, distribution and advertisement of alternative smoking products. But its vetting had reached a deadlock because some lawmakers prefer regulation over a complete ban. While DAB councillors have voiced different opinions in the past, Chairwoman Starry Lee said they've now decided to back the government's plan. We, from time to time, review and receive comments from our members. Up to now, we kind of decide to take the stand to agree to ban both types of cigarettes because we believe that it is for the benefit of the younger generation especially. With the support of other parties like the Federation of Trade Unions and the New People's Party, the government looks to have garnered enough support to secure the bill's passage. Lawmakers are expected to hold a meeting on Friday next week where the government will finalise its stance on whether heated tobacco products should be banned or just regulated. President Xi Jinping says the country will set up a stock exchange in Beijing to serve innovative small and medium-sized companies. Priscilla Ng reports. Currently, the country's two major stock exchanges are in Shanghai and Shenzhen. But speaking in a video address at the opening of the China International Fair for Trade and Services, President Xi Jinping said a bourse will also be set up in the capital, Beijing, to bolster the development of small and mid-sized firms. We will continue to support the innovation-driven development of small and medium-sized enterprises by deepening the reform of the new third board and setting up the Beijing Stock Exchange as the primary platform serving innovation-oriented SMEs, he said. The new third board, officially known as the National Equities Exchange and Quotations, was launched in Beijing in 2013 to offer SMEs a financing channel with low costs and simple listing procedures. Meanwhile, President Xi also said China will increase support for the services sectors in Belt and Road countries, adding that peace, development and win-win cooperation are the golden keys to solving problems in international economy, trade and investment. Mainland regulators have summoned ride-hailing giant Didi Shu Singh and 10 other car platforms demanding they cease disorderly expansion and vicious competition tactics. The firms were told the industry suffered from poor behaviour, including recruiting unqualified drivers and shifting the risks of operations onto drivers. The Transport Ministry has also stressed the need to promote the trade's healthy and sustainable development. The mainland state broadcasting regulator has announced it will tighten the rules over what it calls unhealthy content in cultural programmes. The National Radio and Television Administration also said it was seeking to strengthen oversight of performers' salaries and clamp down on tax evasion. It said political and moral conduct should be included as criteria in the selection of actors and guests and called for an end to what it called effeminate aesthetics in entertainment programmes.
Foreign Minister Wang Yi has warned the visiting US climate envoy, John Kerry, that strained relations between their countries are impeding progress on climate change. The BBC's Robin Brandt reports. Making his second visit to China this year, John Kerry was told by the country's Foreign Minister Wang Yi that climate change could not be dealt with in isolation from other issues. Mr Kerry had said it was so important that the US and China should work towards new commitments, whatever their other differences. China's dependency on coal and its financing for coal power stations abroad are the main areas of concern. Beijing has repeatedly demanded that the Biden administration reverse tariffs and sanctions that it imposed or has enhanced. At least nine people have died as a result of flash floods in New York City and the surrounding areas as the remnants of Hurricane Ida brought record-breaking rainfall. New York streets resembled rivers and water poured onto subway platforms. George Bailey, who lives in New York, told the BBC his apartment had quickly flooded. Right in the middle of dinner, I hear, like, gurgling and the water's coming up out of the shower drain in our bathroom. And I, I went to check the main water line in the utility room. And by the time I walked back into the living room, it was, uh, like, nearly a foot of water in the room already. It was incredible how fast it came through. I uh, peeked outside at one point and I could see the storm drain on the corner, almost water fountain uh, shooting out of it. Prosecutors in Germany have charged six men with the high-profile theft of historical treasures from a Dresden museum two years ago. The men, all German nationals in their 20s, are accused of breaking into the Green Vault and getting away with diamond-encrusted jewellery and artefacts from the collection of Augustus the Strong, who ruled Saxony in the 18th century. The treasures, which have not been recovered, are estimated to be worth at least 130 million US dollars. In sports, Hong Kong swimmer Chan Yu Lam came up short in her bid for a medal at the Tokyo Paralympics today. She finished sixth in the final of the women's 100-metre backstroke S14 for swimmers with intellectual impairment. The 17-year-old, who was competing in her first Paralympics, said afterwards there's room for improvement in her performance. In the men's 100-metre backstroke S14 event, Hoi Ka Chun finished fourth in his heat and failed to advance. A reminder of our top stories tonight. Hundreds of elderly people cram into a government office in Mongkok to resubmit their documents for the spending vouchers scheme, while a government official defends its handling of the application process for elderly citizens. And several hundred people attend a vaccination drive event in Lok Fu to get a Covid jab and a free bag of rice. The news from RTHK. RTHK
Copied a few times over the years. It has to be said, Ketty Lester had a great version of that. That was Alison Moyet, a.k.a. Alf. Pat Boone also did pretty well with that song, too. We're into our second hour this Thursday evening, heading towards Friday morning at RTHK3. Peter giving you through till one. If you'd like to be in touch, by the way, it's Radio Pete at Gmail. Here's back in the man. Hey, where did we go? Days when the rains came. Playing a new game Laughing and running Hey, hey Skipping and jumping In the misty morning Fog with Oh, our hearts are thumping And you A brown-eyed girl So slow Gone down the old man With a transistor radio Standing in the sunlight laughing Hiding high a rainbow's wall Slipping and sliding All along the waterfall with you A brown-eyed girl to sing sha la 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 Sometimes I'm overcome thinking about it. 